Tim Cahill. Oh, what a response. A sensational volley. It's Lionel Messi. He scored. The goal the world wanted. Towards Suarez. Who puts Uruguay ahead? Wouldn't you just know it? He's back. Jean. Chance as a merchant. Well, hello everyone. My name is Joseph Esposito and welcome to our On The Bench semi-final preview show. Uh, my name is Joseph Esposito and I'll be your host uh, for this evening. I'm joined here uh, by the same the same two men all the time, Mr. Oliver Lamont and Stefan Giglio. Stefan, how are you going, boys? I'd be a yeah, lot better if you man. pronounce my last name a little bit better, that's all right. Yeah, every week, every week is I'm <laughs> my last name. I think I prefer now it when you don't say it. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly. just sort of stuck now. I mean, yeah. It's just going to be Jiglio exactly. from now on. <laughs> exactly. Well, um, boys, look, we'll, you will, you will realise that there's a there's another voice here uh, tonight, and uh, we're very, very uh, fortunate and lucky uh, to be joined here tonight by Mr. Daniel Capillaro. So, Daniel, how are you going, my friend? No, no, I'm very good. Uh, we're in the uh, the warm the warm settings of yep. my of my living room. So, yeah, no. <laughs> Uh, very happy to be joining the uh, the on the bench AU. I've been following uh, your Instagram page and I've seen some of the, uh, the yep. pieces that you've done. I think I reached out to you before as well. Yeah. I sent you a uh, direct message. I yep. said like, it's good to see people that are um, talking about football um, that actually feel passionately about the game mm-hmm. and speak well. <laughs> I think that's, yeah. that's one of the key elements to doing um, doing social media well. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, look, mate. Before we get into it, just to give the boys, I guess our listeners, a bit of a you know background on yourself. You know, what's what's sort of your story through football, and you know, uh, your work through Instagram and everything else. Yeah, cool. So, um, mate, how, how long do you have? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm 32, so the story's long. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, when I was nine years old, um, or when I was eight. We went for a family trip. Um, my Italian, oh, sorry, my background is Italian. I mm-hmm. went for a uh, family trip to Italy, visited my family there, and my cousin was playing uh, professionally in Serie C. Mm-hmm. Um, before that, I used to play basketball from six to eight years old, and then <laughs> okay. um, yeah, and then um, when I when I saw him play, um, I was hooked on the game, and so he gave us obviously a few gifts, a few presents. Uh, one of them was a ball. In which I kicked about and uh, absolutely destroyed whilst I was um, in Italy for the, the three months. Yep. And then when we come back to Australia, I just started playing football. Um, my first team was Armadale Soccer Club in Western Australia. Um, oh, okay. From it, Perth? Yeah, from Perth. Right, yeah. okay. okay. Yeah, I'm from sunny Perth, so yeah. this Melbourne weather is killing me. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it all, it all just kind of went from there. Um, and I guess Instagram and what social media is now, it started as something I... I used to get uh, my girlfriend at the time to film my futsal matches or outdoor football matches or any time I was playing, I'd just try and get her to film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was trying to do... Obviously, I, I love tricks and skills and I love players that dribble. Yep. Um, and I was just trying to yeah make highlights packages in order to get um, you know further opportunities because the opportunities weren't coming to me in Western Australia. Yep. Um, yeah, and it just... It, it flew from there and it just grew into what it is now. Yeah, okay. So what you and you spend a bit, uh, just briefly, we'll talk about it briefly, what you spend a bit of time obviously playing in Europe, playing futsal? Uh, yes. Europe, yeah. yeah, I did. I was there from uh, pretty much 2014 uh, through to about 2016 and mm-hmm. then I moved here to Melbourne and I've been here for three years. Um, I moved here first. I was working for a company called Futsal Oz. Um, yeah. I used to go to schools and promote the game. I do after-school coaching. Um, manage junior leagues, uh, obviously train and play for one of the teams in the um, Series Futsal Victoria here as well, which is the, the top league here yep. in Victoria mm-hmm. um, for Futsal Oz. So, yeah, I mean, um, I've lived away from home, I think, for about, what, 
would be about six years now. Obviously, I was living I was living in my own place in Perth, but mm-hmm. um, in terms of living away from Western Australia, yeah, it's been it's been a while now. Um, and yeah, it's been, basically I've just uh, played the game uh, or the small sided version of the game, the indoor yep. game, and that's what's taken me to various parts of the globe and here into Melbourne. Lovely, lovely. Well, boys, he has been a bit modest there. He has played UEFA Cup games and uh, he has played in multiple countries uh, around the world. So we are <laughs> we are very fortunate to have uh, Daniel here with us tonight, um, I believe. So what you said, you're of what, Italian descent? Yeah, Italian, Italian descent. Half yeah. Italian, half Croatian. <laughs> one of you is at least one half. Happy to, yeah. I'm, I'm half in the World Cup. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, Steph isn't it at all. <laughs> hey, 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 come on. Uh, he nibbles at everything, this kid. But no, it's all right. Well, um, boys, look, let's let's uh, let, let's kick off the show, and uh, we'll, we should briefly, I guess, you know, the, the other just the other week, me and Ollie looked at. Uh, we went pretty, you know, in depth. We only planned for it to be like a half an hour show, and it clocked off around an hour. And we looked at uh, all the uh, the quarterfinal games. Um, so I guess I'll start with you two boys there. I guess we'll go with Ollie first. Ollie, were you just, um, you know, was there any any surprises for you there? After, yeah, what, after I mean, what we spoke about as well. Yeah, I think after what we spoke about, you probably know what I'm going to say is that the biggest surprise for me was um, was the Belgium Brazil game. Um, you know, I expected you know the the um, the Belgian frailties in their defence to, to show that they that was so prominent against the Japan and a Tunisia and, and teams like that. Um, and then and then you know Brazil's attacking prowess to really struggle and, and not be able to unlock the defence. You know they eventually did from a from a brilliant ball from from Coutinho um, and then you know knocked down <clears throat> into the net by Renato Augusto. Um, but but other than that, you know Brazil didn't really possess it. They didn't look like they troubled um, Belgium. Belgium looked like they were really up for whatever Brazil were going to throw at them. Um, and then we mentioned briefly before that Fellaini, you know, we, we both expected him to come off the bench, um, but, you know, he earned himself a start. And again, it was just this incredible stellar performance, really frustrating, um, you know, the midfield of Coutinho and, and Fernandinho. And, and it looked like Brazil really, really did miss a, a Casemiro. Mm. Um, so I guess, yeah, for me, that was the biggest biggest sort of upset um, and, and I really didn't expect um, Belgium to put together a really wholesome performance um, as they did okay fair enough we'll ask Steph I'll, I'll ask you about um, Talk to the, Fr- the French Uruguay game um, so obviously that was a, the first first cab off the rank in terms of the quarterfinal mm. fixtures uh, did did you expect did you expect it to take us, uh, France as long as it did even though it was you know 35 minutes to get the first goal do you did that surprise you at all in terms of how long it took them to uh, break down? You know, uh, a Uruguay defence that obviously has a, has a bit of talent there and a bit mm, of experience. Yeah. Um, not not really to be honest. I think that's been the story of um, or, or France's tournament. I think they've, um, they've they've sort of been really slow uh, to start off with. Uh, just look at the Australia game for example. They um, you know they 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 were really slow starters. So it didn't really surprise me. I think it lived up to I guess the expectations of. Um, uh, what you guys uh, spoke about last week, um, you know, I think that you know Uruguay did well, and I think they they, they probably deserved a little bit uh, to go a little bit closer than what they did. Um, but it, for, for the, the the French side just showed, you know, why they're you know tournament favourites. They they they're just too strong, way too strong. Um, I think at times Uruguay got caught defensively. Um, they're, they're a little bit poor. Um, uh, man marking but other than that you know it's French French masterclass French masterclass yeah, well, it, it well, just, I it, like I said it just proved it just proved that why they're uh, 
they're, they're the tournament favourites. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we saw obviously, you know, there was that there was a ridiculous amount of uh, headed goals in that in yeah. that quarter in, the, in those quarterfinals, and yeah. you know, from set pieces. I mean, it seems to be the uh, you know the pick of the bunch. You know, if you if you want to talk about how goals have been scored this World Cup, it's um, a thing with the tournament, isn't it? Oh, oh, yeah, exactly. But um, well, look, Daniel, I'll ask you. Uh, yep. Are France still your favourites, or do you think that if we're looking, you know, can Belgium, you know, can Belgium potentially upset them, or who do you see? Who, who, who are your strong suits here in these uh, out of those England versus Sweden and Russia versus Croatia? Was that you know did did that go as per as as expected? Um, I think it went as as planned, except for the Brazil match. Um, I think Brazil were absolutely killed by the referee. Um, yeah. I think Jesus deserved a penalty. Yeah, I was, that's what um, I was coming on the question. You know, he, when he, I can't remember who it was, but he put it through the legs of one player, and I think it was company, company that clattered yeah. him. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what the referee saw, because they actually went to the VAR as well. And that's the other thing that I think was interesting about these quarterfinals. The whole World Cup, they've smashed the VAR, and yeah. then we didn't see it come out once. Yeah, in these I was going to make that point, yeah. Yeah, it was yeah, interesting. Yeah, I mean, there was so much, there was, it, it was brought up, obviously, that it was, they... It was used that much in the group stage. It was, you know, almost... It was just used for the fun of it. Um, but, yeah, look, for me, I guess, you know, I, the only... I, I guess I didn't, I didn't expect Croatia to actually take as long as they did against Russia. Uh, I didn't expect it to go to penalties. I thought Croatia might have been a bit more, uh, I guess how I could say, clinical. I mean, we saw Pedersic obviously missed from six or seven yards. Yeah, he doesn't do that too often and smack a crossbar. Uh, sorry, a smack a post, that is. Um, well, look... Yep. I'm just um, sorry, just no, before on, you yeah, move on, because I was I was just getting on the statistics here, um, because I suppose you know Brazil have a game plan and uh, and Belgium tried to stop it, but I think finishing uh, really really let Brazil yeah. down, mm-hmm. uh, especially toward the end. And you, I think you can see that in a few of the other games as well. Like even their first match against Switzerland, mm-hmm. there was a moment at the end there where they had maybe four to five chances on goal. Everyone had one. I think it was Fernandinho, Miranda, uh, Paulinho, and they all missed. Yep. They ended up drawing with Switzerland 1-1. And it pretty much came back to haunt them in this Belgium match as well. Yeah. The stats here, 26 attempts to Belgium's eight, nine attempts on target to Belgium's three. So yeah. three on target. Yeah. Obviously, Fernandinho scored the own goal, but De Bruyne, uh, his uh, his shot was was unbelievable. Although I think oh, I, I don't the think defending was a bit um, yeah. But how you going? But I don't think there's there's many people that hit a ball like uh, yeah, like he does, like he does sometimes. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's that. Well, that's uh, I guess a question I have. For, it was uh, sorry. Uh, um, I'll just finish here. Eight eight corners to four. Um, there was five hundred and fifty seven passes uh, made. And Belgium made 370. And it doesn't have possession here, but Brazil pretty much beat them on nearly every single stat except for fouls committed. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I I think um, whilst... This is a conspiracy theory as well. Whilst Mm -hmm. Russia were in the World Cup, there's Dodge refereeing. But I reckon now (laughs) that they're out... Because even, like, man, Croatia's been... Killing teams, yeah, like destroying teams. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, you're right. And and now that like as it went to penalties, right? Mm. Anything can happen there. Yeah, exactly. Now, the now year, that they're though. out there, I think <laughs> that for these two semi-finals, we're actually going to see good refereeing. Yeah, and, and okay. we'll see VAR return as well. 
Right. Oh, I guess we. Well, no, it's it's funny that you bring that up because I was just I was flicking through today, and I guess it's a question you could pose about. Uh, you know, I might ask you. I'll ask you, Ollie and Steph. You can give your thoughts as well. Um, is I, I was actually talking about statistics. I was looking at Brazil today, and they scored eight goals in this World Cup, and I think they had something like 108 attempts on goal. Yeah. And yeah. you're talking about a side and a country that boasts. Neymar's, uh, you got you know Neymar, Gabriel Jesus, you know Roberto Firmino, world class player, you know William. The second name you said there, yeah, didn't score a yeah. goal. I was actually yeah, exactly, yeah. and I, I was actually going to um, the, to to bring up Jesus. Um, I guess looking at the the Brazil game, you know, we spoke about it before, Espo. You know, who deserves a start? Is it is it Jesus or Firmino? And and I think Tite has put a lot of trust in in Jesus's ability, which you know, no doubt he he possesses a lot of. But maybe I think. You know, this sort of world stage for him at, at this point in his career is maybe too much of a, an ask for him. I mean, you look at what, you know, Firmino and, and um, Douglas Costa were brought on um, and, and they really changed the game. They were sort of the, you know, the, the, the turning point for, for Brazil to sort of get them back in the game. And you think, you know, may have, may have gone a different way had those two have started. You know, I just, it, it looked like Jesus's head drops really early. I mean, yeah, he had a shout for a penalty did or didn't go his way but he wasn't able to to react and then get himself back in the game and and I think Brazil really were were punished for that um and you know he's supposed to be the focal point of their of their attack um you know with with incredible support of of Neymar and and William either side of him and Coutinho behind him so you know I don't really understand where his lack of goals have come from but looks Brazil have certainly paid for it now yeah. I think that's a um, that's actually a very very good um, analysis of <laughs> that whole situation because the the way the team could have or should have started out um, I don't think Willian should have come off during the during the game they should have either started with Willian or they could have started with Douglas Costa and then move Willian inside if you wanted to go with that reason uh, being I think he stuck with Jesus is because Tite's done a lot of his coaching obviously in Brazil mm. um, prior and so. Therefore, he would have seen him in his time at Palmeiras. Now, Gabriel Jesus at Palmeiras was an absolute gun. Um, he was also tipped like, to be the next Neymar and so forth, as in to go to a massive club and then go and win the league, which he's done. Um, but I don't think he was the catalyst at Manchester City. Like it was Again, it was Aguero and it was the other players. So with that in mind, um, it was his first season in Europe, whereas like the likes of William, Douglas Costa, Roberto Firmino, they've had numerous seasons in Europe, mm. as has Neymar. Um, back to the, I suppose, the midfield, uh, Paulinho was excellent all World Cup. They super missed Casemiro yeah. because Fernandinho, for some reason, he's amazing again for City, but he couldn't hit a pass in this game. Yeah, He hit two or three, like wayward that went out and just turned the ball over straight away and at times when they really needed to bit of quality and just create an opportunity yeah. you know or they needed a bit of like finesse on the ball mm-hmm. um, Marcelo shouldn't have started either like Felipe yeah. Luiz killed the game before and Marcelo shouldn't have started um, yeah it's almost like they were just playing names just for the sake of their names yeah and- exactly just because that's what Brazil expects but at the end of the day they're a nation that if you win they're not going to say anything yeah um, so and yeah Felipe Luiz Really, between Marcelo and Felipe Luiz, there's not too much between them. If Felipe Luiz was playing at Real Madrid, we'd be talking about him as the greatest mm. left back ever. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Like they both play in La Liga, they both have very similar stats. They can both dribble, defend, hmm. attack. They can do everything. So you know, just for the fact that he plays at Atletico, I don't know if that you know 
doesn't yeah. shine on him. Yeah, yeah. That's in a similar way. on the choice. A, that's but, right, yeah, in yeah. a similar way. So not taking nothing away from Marcelo. He's an amazing player and I love Marcelo, but yeah, in that in that moment, Felipe Luiz, I think, would have been the better choice. No, of course. Well you saw even like Neymar. Neymar came to this World Cup having barely played football and it took him two or three games to get going. Yeah. So, you know, the same thing yeah. I guess regardless of how good you are, you know. It might be a bit different for your Ronaldo's or Messi's, but well, look, before we before we wrap up uh, Brazil, Steph, I want to ask you. Yes, sir. Um, this World Cup for this World Cup for Brazil. So you're looking at the last World Cup, which was utterly disappointing after a um, a drubbing from uh, from Germany. It might seem like a stupid mm. question. Is this another failed World Cup for Brazil? Oh, that's a tough question. Um, I mean, they did reach quarterfinals. I do. I, I know you just asked me a question, but I want to ask it. Um, I want to ask one back to you. Do, do you think that Brazil at the moment are in a rebuilding phase, or did they did their squad change much from from, from last uh, from last World Cup? I think there was only two remaining players. No, well, that's from what the I was saying. 2014 that's... battering. I think it was Fernandinho and Marcelo. I I think the um thing they miss most Brazil and they've missed since 2002 is pretty much a number nine like there's no number nine and not even like obviously they have Firmino who could have played as a false nine but Tite didn't decide to go with that you look at the number nines through the years so when they played 4-4-2 you had Romario Bebeto prior to that um, Italia 90 they had... I can't remember who was playing up front. That's that's going back, man. That's, that's more than over 32 yeah. years ago. Man, I wasn't even thought... No, sorry. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, 19... Uh, I was born 86, so that's like, what? That's 28 years ago, 90. But 94, Romario Bebeto. 98 was Ronaldo, Bebeto, Rivaldo. You know, and then Nielsen started coming to the scene. 2002. 2002 was the team that won... Everything, Think, yeah. So that was Ronaldo, Rivaldo, Ronaldinho, Ronaldinho exactly. Yeah. And then two thousand and six, it was meant to be another golden era, but Adri- Adriano, Adriano came yeah. in. And then ever since Adriano, there was Luis Fabiano. Mm-hmm. They've had the Luis Adriano who played at Shakhtar. Yep. They've had Diego Costa who went yeah. inside to play for Spain. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, well, they had obviously. I was watching. I went talking about. You know, you're right because I was I was watching the. Uh, the, the drubbing, the 7-1 drubbing, you know, the yeah. Germany-Brazil. And they started that game with Fred up front. Yeah, exactly. And they, so. well, Fred was the nine for the 2014 World Cup, which, that's, man, that's a joke. The guy was playing for, like, I don't even think, I think Fluminense at the yeah, time. Yeah, You know, and he was a wicked player in FIFA. Yeah. But yeah. in real life, he was just, you know... And he scored in that World Cup, too. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. That, we yeah. can't really say much. No, but, but it's true, because when you think about it, like, you know, you can have, you know, those players there, but if you unless you've got someone, then that's, you know, someone that, I guess, I thought... Uh, Firmino could have been, but I guess yeah. you know, we're just what is speaking of, you know, well, what I think Firmino, been, so I think. What, Firmino would have played a co- collectively maybe 30 minutes at this World Cup. Yeah, he did. And I he think scored a goal own. and made an assist. Yeah. So, I mean, he can be pretty happy with his yeah, uh, no, contributions, yeah, I think. Whereas, yeah, uh, Jesus played every single game. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I don't know if there was other issues going on there. I mean, you never really know what players are going through. Of course. Um, well, I guess it's something that... I, I, we're going to see with the Brazil's, Brazilian side to see how we go from here. I mean, you know, looking forward, you know, Jesus in the next four years could become a world-class striker with more time in Europe yeah. under his belt, obviously. He's super young. Yeah, yeah, he is super young. You know, I guess we can we can give him a, a tiny bit of leadership. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to ask, I wanted to ask Daniel, who do, you, who do you think they should put in the nine? Who do I think should they should put as a number nine? Yeah. For this World Cup, it should have been Firmino or... Now, I live with Brazilians, and uh, one of my good friends is a Chapaquense, 
uh, fan, and they have a guy called Wellington Palista who plays up front. Yeah. And he's been scoring goals for fun in the Brazilian league. So it could have been him because he's just really that number nine. It's got to be a big guy that's going to hold up the ball. Mm. Um, it can't be another like Neymar, William, Costa kind of player. Yeah, because you've nah. already got that player there. You already have that player. Yeah, that's yeah. right. They've got two or three of that, or even hey, they've got so much, so sorry, so many or so much of that type of player that they need. Like Adriano would have been perfect for this. Diego Costa would have been perfect for mm. this. Um, that kind of number nine is really missing. Um, and Firmino is kind of like a. 10 I suppose that plays that false 9 role and I think he did it best because he would actually come in get the ball and then he could lay it off yeah. whereas Jesus is still looking for it in behind yeah because he's, he's too small like and his he, size yeah his size is the referees were doing nothing for them so if he tried to go and hold that ball up he was just getting smashed yeah. it, was, it was ridiculous actually and to, to talk more about the refereeing, there was a, ma- a massive penalty in the Swiss game and he didn't get yeah, you see the yeah, one where yeah, rugby yeah, tackled yeah, him yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so like Brazil have kind of copped it the whole the whole tournament, and um, I mean I'm I'm a massive fan of Neymar. I love Neymar, and he's copped it in this tournament. And people have said, oh, you know, he's rolling around and diving and stuff. But there was a stat that came out that he was the most fouled player in yeah. any World Cup since '98. Really? Yeah, that was wow. that was in the Swiss game. Yeah, well, I was thinking like he's on so the he's ground. So he's copped more yeah. since that game. That was the first match, yeah. you know. <laughs> So, and he just obviously just coming back from the ankle injury. So you don't know what's going there psychologically course, and mentally. Um, but not so much Neymar. The, the Brazilian team cops so much mm. um, in the way of like just fouls and poor play from the other teams. Yep. That, um, yeah, I think the referees didn't do a great job in protecting them. Yeah, okay. Well, I guess it's something, again, like you said, we'll see in the semifinals. Uh, uh-huh. If this... Uh, this hunch of yours comes comes true. I, I, I think so, man, because it's some of it's just a joke as well. Like the first game, like Russia could have got Uruguay in the first game mm. or Egypt, which would have been yeah. completely different yeah. than playing Saudi Arabia and smashing them 5 0 in yeah. front of a packed house. Of course, that's what we're saying about uh, with England. If England's campaign started with Belgium, it could have been completely different for yes, them. Yes, exactly. So, um, it's, and then a week before this, Platini came out and said that in France 98, they'd done some trickery with the draw mm. so that the only time they were going to face Brazil was in the final, final. if they made yeah, it there. Yeah, okay. Like, so when, when things like that are happening, it just makes you wonder, yeah, you know? Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure. Well, um, look, looking at, um, I mean, Russia, you know, you could, we could, boys, I guess we could say, you know, Russia had so much confidence, you know, were running mm. off a, a high level of spirit, you know, taking, playing in their home nation. Taking nothing away from Russia, though, because... No, because they played really, really well. They played... I was actually very surprised... Um, by Russia I have been this whole World Cup mm-hmm. um, the performances of is it um, who's their, stri- their main striker Sm- um, um, Zuba 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 yeah. no the other one the Sm- Melilov or uh, uh, Smolov yeah. Smolov Smolov, right? Smolov. Yeah. and uh, Cheryshev yeah. I think they've been uh, they've been fantastic they've been amazing yeah, well, Cheryshev they- definitely yeah, for these all for these play like for the, um for countries like I mean Russia was what the, the lowest ranked side uh, in in the tournament and you know looking at um <laughs> I think one of the uh, you know it, it wouldn't make it any any easier for them um, and that's the the campaign of Sweden and obviously Sweden came through mm. the qualifiers and beating you know, Italy beating oh, Italy and probably stop. probably <laughs> and probably probably no they probably you know deserved it you know they I was saying me and Ollie were talking about it just the other week and we were saying how like they they looked. They may not have, you know, their Neymars or their star-studded players, but geez, they what? play, they play like such they, a team. Yeah, they do. Zlatan. 
they didn't take Zlatan because I think I think they and it was almost fair enough because they Zlatan retired from international football and said no, no I'm done I don't want to play. Like, yeah, I mean, look, looking from the inside, like you. Zlatan Ibrahimovic that has done so much for Swedish football. Yeah, like before him, who was it? Henrik Larsson. Mm. Now I don't know if Henrik Larsson ever played at a at a World Cup because I think the World Cup before this was '94. Yeah, when they qualified, right? So he'd tried and tried again. He obviously played Euros. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you just take him? Yeah, wouldn't, well, you'd, wouldn't you'd he just be so. in the squad? You'd like, think so, but maybe that's why. Maybe, maybe that's that's what he he ran off the coach that he just wanted a team of good players without mm, the, the burden of a superstar, a superstar yeah. sort of thing. Maybe that's what he went for. But um, so because, I, yeah, in that match against England, that's what they missed. Hmm. Oh, definitely. That, that's what that's I think. What, that's what they missed. That's what know? I'm saying because um, Ollie, I wanted to ask you this: this England Sweden game. Um, was there any surprises there for you at all uh, with the English side? Because we actually saw England didn't have that much of an outstanding game plan either. They just looked like they had the better quality of player at the end of the day. Um, so moving forward, you know, what, what, what do you think they're going to have to change in this, in this quarterfinal, for, uh, in this uh, semifinal? I think for the semifinal, they're really going to have to get Harry Kane back in the game. Um, you know, a couple of games he's sort of been, been a little bit quiet um, well, I want to stop you there. I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to stop you there because that's a question. That was a question. Stop qu- me then. Um, <laughs> stopped. Um, one question. <laughs> do you think that... Well, looking, looking at that game, Steph, I'll ask you as well, but I'll start with Ollie and then Daniel, I'll get your thoughts as well. Do you think that personally, I think that it was actually a real positive for England that Harry Kane didn't score in that game, that they've, that they've shown that they have other players on the park, that in a big game, regardless of who they're playing, that was a massive game for England in the scope of their World Cup history. This was a very big game for them. And other players stepped up and took the reins, regardless if it was Harry Maguire off a corner or your Deli Alleys. But, um, you know, it looked like Sweden did a pretty good job on Kane because they kept him relatively quiet during the game. But then other players stepped up. So do you think that's a, a really positive thing? Or Ollie, like you're saying, they need to get Kane back in the goals? Is, was it a positive or a negative for you? I, th- I think it's definitely more of a positive. I mean, if if Kane isn't scoring and England are still still winning, that's a that's a positive as a as a team thing. But I guess when when Harry Kane is on and and scoring goals, it's definitely a positive. You know, he, he, they're always more likely to win when Harry Kane sh- shows up. Um, but I think it was a really good professional performance from them, a really mature performance from a, a really young squad. Um, Stones looked really. Um, comfortable with and Maguire sort of rising and and reaching that that corner um, was was awesome to see. Um, so I guess you know I was really impressed with the way that they carried themselves. Although Sweden didn't really seem that they were they were up for the game. I guess once Maguire did score, their they sort of their game plan sort of um, crumbled and they they weren't really able to bring anything to the table um, to that England game. But I guess. Um, the only sort of surprise for me is, is Sterling. I mean, he, he's been awfully quiet. Um, I, I think he's yet to, to score a goal. Um, gets in a lot of good positions, um, into good areas, but he really probably lacks... Probably should have had two in that game. In quick yeah, succession. definitely. Um, and, you know, I think that's that's been a common thing throughout Sterling's game. Um, obviously, he possesses the pace and the and the dribbling ability, but his final, final product just has always eluded him and, and is such a significant part. So, um, yeah, that, that, that's a really interesting Jump. one. Just on just on Sterling. Actually, before I get into Sterling, the one thing that I found interesting about this in you know, the, the England um, Sweden game was um, the English fans after the game. I thought it was, I thought it was quite funny that they've gone into IKEA and just absolutely trashed the place. I thought it was quite funny. Just throwing throwing meatballs everywhere. It's really, yeah, <laughs> really good. Um, but just on Sterling, he's like 
I was reading an article on uh, Fox Sports um, about Raheem Sterling, Raheem Sterling and um, he, it seems as though he's been given the Robbie Cruz treatment. Um, there's, there's, a, there's a tweet, I'm just reading it now. Uh, Raheem Sterling has a rifle tattooed on his leg, but he still can't shoot. <laughs> Which is quite funny. Yeah, well, he has copped um, it quite a bit because he hasn't. Because no, but you're right. You know, at the end of the day, he hasn't. He hasn't performed. You know, you know, he hasn't played badly. But you know, he's he's playing up there, and uh, he looks shades of the player he was. You know, well, ten gone, into the into the Premier gone. League season. But that that England. Well, Steph, the question actually I have for you because you're you're a big believer that it isn't coming home, <laughs> uh, even though I'm sat here right now in an English jersey. Uh, no, Steph, has, Steph has been quite determined to get his point across that uh, that football isn't coming home. Does that does that performance change your mind at all? Um, well, you know what, it's it's hard to say because look, at the end of the day, the, the England are getting results, and um, I'm more than happy to eat my words at the end of the tournament if, if they do lift the the World Cup. You know, obviously they'd be they'd be deserving winners if they do uh, make it all the way. Um, but for me, it just I don't know, they just haven't really sort of set the tournament on fire, you know, they're sort of slowly plodding, plodding along. I mean, the uh, I, I posed that boy that, that question to you boys, um, uh, I think it was last night, um, you know, England had won, like their toughest game was probably against Belgium, you know, granted both sides played half strength, but, you know, they lost. Yeah. You know, so yeah, no, <coughs> yeah, no, you are right. You are. I mean, look, there's no look. Uh, you know, they, they haven't really, they haven't really, like, even against Sweden, like, they didn't really have a a breakout performance where you are just like, wow, look at this English side. I mean, Panama yeah, as well. Right, like, Panama's, that, Panama's, Panama's, Panama's different story. You know, it's chalk and cheese. But yeah, but you're the, right because, and but like Ollie said, it wasn't. They didn't set the world on fire, but it was a professional performance. They got the job done. They had one job. They did. They did get the job done. Yes, but then I said, and look, you're right. No, you are right. Look, they haven't played. Yes, Belgium's probably the, the they, by far Belgium's the toughest nation they've had to play. They played. They didn't play a full strength squad. Neither did Belgium. But as I said, like this is the World Cup. England had no. England didn't decide who they played. Uh, I hope. Um, did. <laughs> you did. They, I'll, I'll explain why when I talk about this match. <laughs> okay. Okay. No. Fair enough. Well, I was saying what I think. What I think is that in this. Oh no! In the the game against Belgium. Yeah. No. You're right. I I think that Southgate. But in terms of um, like the group stage and the play, the teams they've played since. Um, you know, I, I do have my my thoughts about the Belgian game. I think that Southgate. Uh, definitely took it a bit easier, um, which has obviously been the right decision in the end. 100%. Um, but they've they've gone to the games that they've played and they've they've looked at the teams they've had to play and they've done a job. So and they've done it they've done it well because there's a reason why they're in uh, the, what the last four of the World Cup. Yeah. And as I was saying to Ollie, they haven't gone to these games with with massive egos. They haven't played like like your Germans and your Argentinas. That have almost and Spain, you know, Spain against Russia. You know, they played the same football that they believed was just going to get them across the line, and ultimately, in the end, it didn't. So uh, England's played, you know, taking it one game at a time, and that's a big reason why they are why they there why they are in the last four of the uh, the tournament. And, so. and they deserve, and you know what, and you know what, and they de- they deserve to be there. They deserve to be in, in in the final four. You know, I don't think anybody else in the tournament um, has sort of played. Uh, as good, if if not better, than England. Um, so you know they deserve to be in the final four. They, they oh, they've been consistent. They've yeah. been consistent. So yeah, yeah. and I have to. Um, and, I, and like I said before, I'm more than happy to eat my words if they do. If if they do take home the the, the World <laughs> Cup and it does go home, I'll remind you of it. Don't worry. Uh, I know you will. I know you will. But yeah, my my opinion. My opinion. I think the only thing that I think they'll struggle with 
or, or, or it's not even about the English side struggling against Croatia. I think the only thing that that'll, that'll hurt Croatia is that they've, you know, had two penalty shootouts. You know, they've they've played uh, 120 minutes of football twice. You know, they they'll be walking and running wounded. So, um, you know, hopefully they put them all in hyperbaric chambers and they're all uh, recovering well. Because at the moment, you know, they did have a tour draw against Russia, but um, they're, they're playing. Freaking good, good football, man. They're playing really, really good football. Yeah, well, look, I guess, well, I want to pass over to, uh, I want to pass over to Ollie now because um, I know Ollie will have a few questions for you, Daniel, um, cool. and, and the rest of us in regard to this England-Croatia game. Uh, so, Ollie, do you want to give us a quick rundown, mate, on this England-Croatia? I guess I guess it's a real mouth-watering fixture. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, I guess, you know, they both came into this side... Um, with not huge expectations, um, they you know they were sort of modest expectations, and and now they're they're both you know, you know they they could easily both reach the final. Um, you know it's it's hard to to pick which one you're going to go with. Um, but some some interesting points, I guess Gareth Southgate came out and said you know that his team are are still improving, and and you know that that shows that he expects that there is much more to come from you know a promising squad of young players. Um, you know so it's. I think it's really interesting, um, and and you know, looking at the the team sheets, um, you know, the the previous injury um, to to Ashley Young that we had our our doubts about, and we thought uh, Danny Rose was going to um to come in, um, seems to have sort of washed away, um, as well as Delhi, um, they seem to have passed the the fitness tests, um, but but one of the um the latest injury scares came out. I was I was reading up just before we started tonight is that Jordan Henderson is actually nursing um a tight hamstring. Uh, they think it's um, it's not too serious and that he should be fit for the game, um, but you know they'll they'll have to watch that carefully. As I think you know Jordan Henderson um, has has been outstanding this tournament. Um, you know he's an absolute engine in the midfield, and I think he, because he's not such a technically gifted player, I think his work rate is um is really overlooked. But you know being you know it's, it's it sounds a bit biased because I'm a Liverpool fan, but you know his anchorage role. Is, is key to then just distributing that ball out through the midfield and, and getting the attacks up and going, um, you know, through that England side. Yeah, well, there's been quite a lot of uh, pundits, and I know, obviously, Rio Ferdinand came out and said how, you know, that if he's been so crucial to that English side and, you know, if it was... If, if that was Iniesta or, you know, Sergio Busquets, they'd be giving him the credit. So, you know, why not uh, Jordan Henderson? Yeah, definitely. I guess, um, yeah, so look, he'll... I, I, I think they're expecting him to play, and I think he should be all right. Um, but yeah, definitely one to watch there. Um, another interesting thing, like you mentioned it before, um, you know, I think England have scored eleven goals this whole tournament, and only three of them have come from open open play. Um, so they've obviously looked really strong from set piece. You know, Stones and Maguire both getting on the short score sheet this tournament. Um, you know, and, and Modric came out and said, you know, he he made light of this and said, you know, they, they are a really good team from from set pieces and. And that they will be having to, to work a lot of that on the training ground in preparation for this game. You know, not to mention that that Croatia did concede from a set piece against Russia, um, and so obviously England know how good they are at this. Um, so I think for England, it's just going to be more of the same. They'll be looking, you know, when when they get those opportunities, they'll really push their big men forward and and try and capitalise on on Croatia's weakness in defending them. Um, you know, but but looking at Croatia, I guess obviously their strength lie in their in their midfield with Ivan Rakitic and, and Luka Modric. Obviously, you know, I think he he, he might be my pick for for um, player of the tournament if if they do beat England. Mm. Um, so that's going to be an interesting matchup between you know 
Croatia's technical um, ability in in Ivan and and Modric. Um, I guess and sorry, in contrast to England's ability and energy to just run the midfield. Um, you know, we mentioned it before that Croatia have had two penalty shootouts in a row. So they're you know I think they'll be um, so they'll be pretty worn down, and, and England will be well up for this. So I guess <clears throat> yeah, yeah, looking at that, I mean, I sort of wanted to get you know, did you guys have any sort of key points? That you wanted to add to, to the matchup, anything that catches your eye with this? Well, I'll ask um, Daniel first. Cause I saw you nodding your head uh, then when, when Ollie was speaking around uh, uh, Ollie, you were talking about Luka Modric potentially being a player of the tournament if yes. Croatia do go all the way. How cru- like we, we obviously know what Modric is about, but how crucial do you think he has been to this side getting to a semi final? I think I think he's the sole reason. Yeah, <laughs> I think really? he's the sole reason. Yeah, um, obviously Modric's performances <laughs> and uh, Rakitic is obviously uh, someone who I think goes under the radar as well because mm-hmm. if they'd won the games in open play, would we be talking about Rakitic? Yeah, you know because he scored those two penalties, mm-hmm. calls you like you know taking Croatia through. Now they're in the semi-finals. Um, I, it's not that I think Croatia will win this game, but I'm. I believe they've got just a little bit too much class. Um, okay. I think they have a few more experienced heads on the field yep. than England do. That being said, though, uh, we talked. You talked about the set pieces and the three out of the eleven England goals, and it was said before. Um, I can't. I can't remember the the Italian Maltese bloke, mate. I've forgotten your name. Oh, uh, Steph. 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 Right, Steph. Um, you said before that Harry Kane needs to get back on the ball. Harry, they need to bring Harry Kane in because he hasn't scored uh, from open play against Colombia and also against um, Sweden. Um, however, if you look at Harry Kane's six goals, one was like a last-minute header. header Tunisia, was the, was the corner. The other one was another corner. Mm-hmm. It come in, or was it a free kick? But it was from a set piece, yeah, right? Yeah, so, and piece. he was unmarked. Yeah. So both times he was unmarked, he scored. Then the one he he scored against uh, Panama came off the back of his head yeah. from a yeah. I think it was Deli Ali shot and yeah. it flew over the keeper. Yeah. And, and then yeah, the three right. others are penalties. Yeah. So he obviously he's proven he can put the ball in the back of the net and mm. even sometimes it hits him <laughs> and it goes in. Mm-hmm. But I think the reason why we're seeing the likes of Maguire, Deli Ali, um, even I think Stones has got on the score sheet yeah, as Lingard, well. Lingard scored a bomb against Panama. Lingard yeah. scored a lovely yeah. goal. Um, but I'm referring more to those uh, set pieces mm-hmm. is because he's got two or three defenders to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we're seeing like a free-running Harry Kane like we did in the in the English Premier yeah. League. Yeah. Just because he's got that much more attention on him yeah. and he is kind of like, you know, Prince Harry and all this other carry-on and he's the Sir Lancelot that's, you know, driving the English horse. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think they got the wrong I Harry, think- though. <laughs> The wrong Harry. <laughs> the reason for the reason for him uh, not scoring an open play against teams now in the latter stages, and I think the same will happen against Croatia, is because he's getting that extra attention and it is leaving the other players free. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's hundred percent. That's so. I think he's actually doing a great job. He's doing his job. There's a re- there's a reason why he's there. Mm-hmm. He doesn't. If England win, he doesn't need to score. You know, no, that's, like that's, I, personally, I, think, I don't. That's what I, I'm. I'm a big um, believer of that as well. So even with even with the six goals he's got, I'm pretty sure he's going to finish top goal scorer. 
Yeah. Um, I don't see anyone really lapping him unless like Lukaku, someone yeah, breaks a record yeah. and scores a hat-trick in the final other than <laughs> Jeff Hurst, you know, <laughs> yeah. these kinds of things, yeah. which really hasn't happened in, what, 30-something years. So I'm not sure if it's going to happen this tournament. But um, yeah, I think in this match, Croatia is just going to have that little bit more... Um, okay. A little bit more class. Fair enough. But Luka Modric, player of the tournament. Yeah. I think already. I think they can. They well, should yeah, give it to Mbappe. Um, Mbappe. Yeah. Killian's been. You, he he has, but. Like, well, no, I'm just going off. You know what? What you know? Media swirl. Yeah, 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 sure, sure, sure. He's a bit but quiet though. His last game. He's a bit quiet. The issue is. Yeah. The issue is if you look at Modric, mm. who do you name next? Um. What's his name now? I've actually forgotten. It's just left me. There's uh, Modric and the one who's been scoring the penalties, Rakitic. Rakitic, yeah. Modric, Rakitic. Then you go Perisic. Then maybe who else? Mandzukic from from this team. Right, Mandzukic. Okay, so there's like four name players. Yeah, La- Olkes, go... Lovren as well. Can't forget Dejan. Okay, Lovren. yeah, Lovren. Yeah, yeah. Lovren. Ah, what about Subasic? See the yeah, Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. has been enormous. So yes, yeah. and the the keeper's been amazing, but. Um, in terms of France and giving Kylian Mbappe like a player of the tournament, like you've got to remember, he's surrounded by Griezmann, Pogba, Kante, Matuidi. Yeah. Um, like, a lot of people are saying Kante. Like, Kante's a potential like, player. Like, he's player been unbelievable. Yeah, he's he's like, been unbelievable. And, but he's just going under the radar, obviously. Yeah, that's how he always, yeah, you know, he's just always done it. But yeah. He's, um, well, look, speaking of what you're going off there, Steph, and there's a question I have for you, um, is this game... Where do you see this game being won and lost for both sides? So I guess, you know, for me personally, I think it's going to be the battle again between Henderson and Modric uh, in that Champions League final. I thought that was yeah. a fantastic battle. Um, so for, for, you know, is it for you, is it the, you know, the Croatia that defensively, English defensively, or is it in the midfield or is it, you know, Mandzukic versus Kane sort of, uh, sort of thing? Uh, I think, I think, uh, Defensively, uh, throughout the whole tournament, I think England have been a little bit hot and cold. Um, and I don't think coming up against a side like Croatia with, with firing power like Rakitic, Modric, Mandzukic, it's, 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 you can't give them half a chance because you give them half a chance, you're going to get punished for it. You know, I think, I think Walker needs to, um, needs to perform a little bit. I think they've relied a lot on, on Pickford. Pickford's been playing... Oh, last game, he was class, world class. You know, he's really stepped up and sort of cemented his spot as that number one in the English side. You know, I, I had questions about him before the tournament, and he's sort of put all of them to bed. He's he's been he's been um, he's been playing really well. So, I think England will need to fix fix uh, be, be more consistent defensively uh, for for Croatia. I think the battle will be in the midfield. I don't think they'll have any trouble um, with with Harry Kane up top. I think the the uh, set pieces. Uh, against Croatia, um, they'll need to they'll need to focus in on, um, but the the main battle will happen will be in the midfield. Uh, there's no okay. doubt that that you know whoever England, wins will dominate that. Whoever yeah, wins will, that's right. Will you win that. You win the midfield battle. I think you've won. I think you've won the won the match. Okay. All right. Well, look, we're going around. Uh, Ollie, I'll start with you, and I'll go Daniel, Stefan, myself. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll just go with a bit of a let's just go a prediction. Prediction. A scores. prediction. Um, Bit of a score and maybe no extra time. Uh, and uh-huh. let's go a, a man of the match for yourself. So Oli, I'll oh, start the same game, Malty. <laughs> <laughs> you know he can't not relate it to his betting. Yeah. Same game, Malty. 
you're looking for a sports bet uh, sponsorship. <laughs> well, um, <laughs> Ollie, I'll start with you, mate. Give us a couple of bonus uh, bets. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ollie, I'll start with you, mate. Where do you, uh, yeah, your prediction for this game? Mm, yeah, well, I guess, you know, sticking to the theme of, of betting, I think England are, are just favourites um, for, for the odds, which has sort of seemed a bit of a curse this World Cup. You know, we've seen the tournament's favourites crumble and is it the pressure, you know, to, who really knows exactly where these, why these big teams have failed. Um, look, I definitely think this will be England's biggest test, um, you know, excluding the, the Belgium game, although they probably did play, you know, they probably didn't really get out of third gear and, and there was no incentive for them to either. Um, you know, looking at Croatia, you know, they really dispatched a, a struggling Argentina side, um, but but also struggled against, you know, Denmark and Russia. They only scraped through by the skin of their teeth, you know, in penalties in both occasions. Um, I guess prediction based on that, look, I think if England carry on doing what they're doing, those professional performances, um, the responsibility being shared among other players, um, I think... I think they'll have more on the day than Croatia, but I think it will be tight affair. So I think this will be sorted um, 2-1 in, in extra time to England. I think um, Croatia's tired legs will, will catch up to them and I think their tournament will come to an end, as sad as it will be. Okay. Daniel, yourself? 2-1 Croatia. Luka Modric, man of the match. He's got four of them, so I'll get five. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Uh, Steph, yourself? Um, I am going... Uh, oh, Jesus. I'm going with 2-0 two two Croatia. <laughs> yeah. Football, football, football's not coming home. Just bring it, just bring it in. Could have guessed that one. I'm taking, yeah. I'm taking the 350 odds. I'm taking the 350 odds yeah. on, on Croatia winning. Normal time. Okay. Well, look, I um, oh, look, I, I, I really want England to win, uh, just because I'm very much on the hype train. <laughs> yeah. Um, Football's but, coming home. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I was at the Imperial Hotel in Melbourne the other night, and it was just like absolute, absolute carnage. Um, <laughs> the amount of broken glass and just people diving everywhere. You and, don't need it, do you? Um, yeah, they don't need it. They're not well, the English fans. No, no, they're not well. They're not like, well. You seen the, there was the video of the boy jumping through the bus oh, stop. Oh, that was yeah. awesome. the bus stop. There was a video. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of people that can just enjoy winning a World Cup, and England aren't these people. Oh, if England win, they'll they they won't be seen for weeks. No, they're, it'll just be party town. There was a funny actually a photo I saw today. The uh, uh, the, the M1, which is the most, and I've experienced the most notorious freeway in yeah, England, yeah. Out, out of heading out of London, which is <laughs> I've been caught in that before. And there was a photo of it during the game, and there was one car on the road. So they're just saying like, like the whole country is oh so yeah, absorbed. Glued. Yeah. Uh, they were playing. It's coming home outside of Buckingham Palace. It's, the Royal Band. Or yeah, they were. They were. Home outside. <laughs> it's funny you uh, say so, that. I suppose. Sorry, mate. It's funny you say that. There was actually a photo uh, at Wimbledon. Wimbledon's on at the moment. Everybody was turned up to the um, to the corporate box where they were playing the, uh, the the English game on the TV. Yeah, so so like it's just it's consumed everyone. How amazing is that? Wimbledon. Yeah, it's consumed. Oh, it's consumed everyone. Wimbledon's so. on at the moment. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Didn't even know that. It's coming. Exactly, exactly. But look, I, I I look, I hope England win, but I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know, honestly. It's um. Yeah, it is. It's one of those games. Isn't it? I don't guess. know. Yeah, oh. come on, far out, mate. I'd go maybe. I think the longer this game goes into extra time, I think the more it probably falls into England's favour just because of uh, the amount of minutes the Croatia's had to play. Jeez, um, mm. uh, I don't know. I'd love to see Henderson score a winner. <laughs> but um, oh, but um, no, look, it's just. 
Yeah, I'm the same. I'm like you, Steph. Whoever wins this game, is gonna, it's going to be done in the midfield. So, um, mm-hmm. I, look, I'm going to go England uh, just because I, I want them to. I'm going to be a cracking game of football, nonetheless. But, um, but look, we'll, we'll move on now to the, uh, I guess, this is probably the, oh, I don't know, they're both huge games. I mean, we're talking about yeah, what, semi-finals here. But in terms of proven quality, I mean, France have proven themselves in this World Cup and... As I was saying today in one of the posts, yeah. Belgium's finally turned up. Yeah, and they're in they're in newfound territory. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And look, I'll talk about this game here. You know, me and Ollie uh, were, were chatting the other day uh, on the quarterfinal preview. And I, Ollie, I said to you, I said I would not be surprised if Belgium won this game because if they showed up with the talent and the quality they have in that on that in that side, uh, I guess proven world class talent, unlike 2014 when there was just potential. Yeah, yeah. That they had more than enough to go and beat this Brazilian side, and that's exactly what they did. Um, yeah. The one one thing I was surprised about because I said under no circumstance was Fellaini going to start, mm. and he did, and I think he was really really good, uh, really real a real I guess one of the catalysts in that team, and I think maybe it's because. He's just all over. Like he's a bit of kind of all over the shop player, and you can't no, really predict. He, you can't really predict how he's going to play. He's all knees and, and elbows. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, so I think he'd be an absolute pain for yeah, someone to play is. against. Like that's, that's what he what, did. That's yeah. why I, I, I normally can't detest. I, I detest him when he's in a United top. But um, look, I mean, we've got you. Look at France. France have Matuidi back, um, so he's that's huge. Yeah. That that's Massive. huge. It's just it's just again. It's just ah, oh, you know, Matuidi's out. We'll bring. We'll put Taliso in. Who's not not world class, good, but yeah, but just as good. So, um, look, the, I guess I guess we'll kick it off, and you know, well, I just said there, Daniel, I'll ask you first. I just said that France has proven so far that they're a world, you know, world class side. But I guess they're going to actually come up against a team where we'll be at them for the ninety minutes. In terms of you look at the Uruguay game, they had some sort of a game plan heading in in terms of trying to squeeze the life out of them and play scrappy Uruguayan football, which they're so good at. Mm. But once uh, France got the first and then the second mentally they looked done yeah well I think the, the do you think well, do you think this will be the same for Belgium so I think it'll be the same for Belgium um, no because they've no. got more outlets than just Suarez mm-hmm. like Cavani doing his calf was a real yeah. downer for Uruguay and I think once that happened like they scraped through yeah. after he did his yeah. calf yeah. so yeah. the the fact that they couldn't even last the rest of the match without him uh, it was kind of like going another 90 minutes without yeah. him was yeah never going to be a um something that was foreseeable so I think um, in terms of that like Belgium have so many attacking options so many good midfield and defensive options mm. they're they're very similar to France in many ways yeah. um, they have good holding midfielders they have great attacking players not only just with speed but technical ability yep um, and they both have very good goalkeepers um, oh well you Contois, know, Contois the... and Lloris so you know, I think well, both Lloris are... Is oh, Lloris, 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 Lloris put up a world yeah, far around. Yeah. Lloris, Lloris saved from um, from the header and then... Well, Godin should have finished that, but anyway. No, I don't know he was clearing it or something. Was he <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, the save from Lloris was ridiculous. He did one against Australia as well. So he's been on... I think he's been on par of the whole World Cup. Mm. Um, and they've, yeah, they've got great centre-backs as well. So it's going to be it's an interesting match but I think France coming off being in the final of Euro 2016 um, they know what it's like to play and win a semi yep Belgium don't um, and I think in terms of if you look at history as well in terms of what it takes to win a World Cup um, it favours France yeah, in, this, oh, in sure. this match regardless sure. of players and Premier League and everything else because mm-hmm. um, I was actually saying to one of my mates the other day 
a lot of people there, or a lot of people, a lot of players, their goal or their dream is to play in a World Cup final. Yeah. And the closer you get, it doesn't matter how chilled you think you are. Mm-hmm. It's a subconscious thing, you yeah, know. Of and emotionally and mentally, I think that takes a toll. And France have been there before, so if you've already been there, or some In of the players time, have anyway, yeah. you know, it's it, you approach it differently. You're not there like looking around gazed. You know yeah, I mean? exactly. So I think that could hinder Belgium. Um, but again, it's going to be everyone on their day, isn't it? As of we've course. seen in this World Cup so of far. Course. So um, I'll, look, my tip would be uh, France 3 1. Wow, okay. So 3 1. Through, yeah. I don't think it's going to be a 1 0 or a 2 0 or anything like that. Yep. I think both teams will score. Yep. Uh, it'll be a bit like the France-Argentina game, I think. Yeah, two teams are really like going at it. Yep. So, well, I guess, well, look, before I pass over to you, boys, um, I guess for me, like I've said about so many of these games, and it's something that, you know, England have done well as well, uh, especially going this far. But in this game as well, I think the team that win this, wins this game is the team that settles the quickest in yeah. terms of gets past the emotion, like you said, of playing in a... Because um, like you said, there is players here that have played at a, a European Championship final. Um but there's no players actually left in the World Cup that have played at a World Cup final. So, but getting mm. this far, I think emotionally, um, it's who settles first, and both teams have more than enough to, to knock off each other. Uh, so, again, I, I'd I'd like to see I'd like to see Belgium, um, just because I'd love to see Belgium go this far and you know potentially win it purely because of 20 years ago. Just be, that the whole. I guess almost the narrative, but the investment and the work that uh, the Belgian FA has put in uh, to their country and uh, their youth. You know, 20 years ago, they, they said, you know, we'll, we'll leave the national side for now and we're going to invest in, in our future. And we're looking at it now. And it's exactly like what I said to you just the other day, Ollie, that, you know, now's the time for them to, you know, th- this, is, this is the fruit of, of all the hard work that's got the fruit. put in, so so it's it's time that it is time that they they stepped up and you know they they're here now so you know they've just knocked off Brazil why not France, um, but look before I get your predictions I want to ask both of you there if we look at this French side because you know this they're the they are the clear favourite you'd think you know the clear favourites left in this tournament um, where do you see if Belgium was to win where do you see Belgium uh, where do you see Belgium beating them. <clears throat> yeah, I guess I'll go. I guess Belgium will beat them. I, I'm going to say defensively. I, I think I think Belgium on paper have a have a much stronger defense than than a France. You know, barring how good you know Mtiti and Varane are. Um, you know, P- Pavard and, and Hernandez. You know, have been good this tournament, but you know, this is this is deep new water for them as well. But I think across that back line, you know, your Alderweireld, Company, Vertonghen, all have serious quality to be able to to deal with, you know, France's attack. And I guess... <clears throat> look, but in saying that, sorry, just in quickly in saying that, the quality there, they have shipped some sloppy goals. Mm. They have, but they, they seem to to rectify a lot of that against the Brazil game. You know, I thought... I did, I did notice that they have um, let these sloppy goals in. Um, and I thought... I thought um, Brazil were going to punish them for it, but they seemed to sort of band together, um, <clears throat> you know, had, had worked on it and, and were able to, to overcome it. You know, they really frustrated Brazil. Brazil for, you know, a good <clears throat> 60, 70, yeah, 60 minutes looked like they, they were never going to score. Um, <clears throat> and that, that's all credit to, to Belgium's defence. And, and, you know, like you said before, Fellaini, you know, being, you know, 
the shield for the that back, you know, the, the three back three that they play. Um, he's huge, you know. He's he's a frustrating figure. He gets in the face of the opposition, and um, but I guess look, you know, you know what you're going to get from these two teams. You know, Martinez is known not to compromise on his football principles, and and France, you know, how good their attack has been. I'm sure they're not going to change that now. Um, <clears throat> so I guess this game will be very open, um, and and you know, we saw before. In the um, in the Uruguay game, France came up a, up against a really rigid, solid Uruguay defence um, that that kept it tight and compact and and didn't really give France any space to play, which they love. Um, I don't think that's going to be the case for Belgium. I, I think you know with the likes of Hazard, De Bruyne, um, they're going to really come out and 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 play how they know how how Martinez wants them to play, which is going to leave for for a game that's wide open. So I think this is where you'll see Mbappe really shine through. I think he's going to pick out those holes, um, and you know there'll be holes in the in the French side as well. So I think what was key for Belgium as well was um, was De Bruyne playing a more advanced role, and he could get himself in the game and and cause havoc for for um, for for Brazil. Um, you know, he scored a world-class goal. And, you know, given that, that inch of space, you know that he's going to either take a, a, a rocket of a shot or he can pick out a man from anywhere. Mm. Um, so he'll be looking to exploit the space that France leave as well. Um, so, look, it, it, the way that it's going to be sorted is, is who's going to be the best defensively on the day. We know that there's going to be goals on both ends, so it's, it's who's going to stop the most um, for me. No, well, fair enough. Well, uh, Steph, do you have uh, anything else to add there? Oh, I think I think um, Ollie summed it up who, quite who well. Are you, who are you? I think Ollie is signed up quite signed it up um, uh, quite well. I think, you know, uh, when I look at the, when I look at the squads for, for for both these teams, it's just it's so hard to sort of pick a flaw or or, or pick a little gap in where which team can sort of it's a flip flip through. A coin. You know, yeah, it's 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 a flip of a coin. You know, it's it's so it's so hard to split these two sides. I think. You know, this, this you'd take this as a final any day. Yeah, this would have been a fantastic final. Yeah, yeah. Really oh, this would have been one of the finals. I guess now, whoever I guess you, what whoever goes out through through whoever gets out of this game into the final would probably go in as favourites. Yeah. over in England. Yeah, definitely. Croatia. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah. yes. So that's why this could be the the game of the tournament, and it would be great. I I'd hope that it would. I I, I hope that both teams go at each other and they don't try and sit back too much because yeah, we've seen you know we saw that. you know what, what what the game of the mm. Premier League last year Liverpool City yeah. and Liverpool got up but people said from a neutral it was so good to finally just see two great like good teams just go at each other, each other yeah, and, play. and yeah. play exactly so it would be but fantastic for that again I think France so. I, th- I think France's tournament has sort of held back a little bit though I think in, in times where they've sort of played more tactical they've sat back and just chose to keep possession rather than push forward and, and, and attack. Would you agree? Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, the, the, I guess... It's going to be a game of chess, um, this game. It's going to be a game of chess. Oh, exactly. We look at Argentina. When they um, when they played Argentina, what they were down 2-1. Yeah. So they were forced at a stage to, to you know, not, not, not rest on their laurels and they had to go after. That's right. I guess that's where you saw Mbappe was just like on fire. Yeah. Just like exploded. and um, So that'll be, again, that's, you know, t- talking of... You know, talking of personal battles, uh, Carrasco against um, Mbappe will be will be fantastic because <laughs> you're looking at two. Well, Carrasco is just electric. He's so he's he's just just as quick as well. So uh, before before I ask uh, Daniel, I want to get your boys' thoughts. Um, who for so for 
so I just I just lost my words there. So for for this game, France versus Belgium, for whoever wins, who do you see being the man of the match, but having to be the man of the match performers? I guess I'll go first. I think I think if France win, I think Pogba will be key. Um, you know, he's he really suits a, a really strong midfield. You know, against you know De Bruyne and Lukaku and who Fellaini as well, experienced Premier League players. Um, I think this game will be really suited to him, and he'll know how to how to get at them. Um, but I guess if Belgium win, um, look, I couldn't get over the difference that De Bruyne made playing a more advanced role. Um, so I guess if yep. if um, if Belgium win, it'll I think a lot of it will come from from Kevin. I'm on a first name basis Fair with enough. him as well. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess I can't disagree there. Um, I don't really Kevin. Yeah, we'll, we'll go live with Kevin after tonight. Big Kev. Pre-game reactions. Well, um, look, boys, well, that pretty much wraps up uh, everything that we've wanted to, to talk about here. Now, Daniel, we've... Well, almost why are we going to get a prediction? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Are we going to get predictions? I did ask you for a prediction, but uh, you didn't give me one. You know, you, no, you asked us a prediction of men of the match. You didn't ask us for a prediction of the match. I asked you that before, but you, you, you'll probably tuned out. But um, well, okay then, Stefan. Um, I'd, I'd hate to not get your prediction. Uh, so no, because everyone everyone loves my predictions because at the end of the day, Sportsbet will, will will give you some money for it. So no, I think <laughs> I think this this game can go either one or two ways. I think I think you're either going to see a, a, an extremely low scoring games uh, games a really low scoring game um, either a nil or a one or I think this game will go into extra time. Um, I am going to say. I'm going to say one all half time, and on penalties, I will put penalties. France over the line. Jesus. Okay. You think it's going to go that far? Fair yes. Well, I know Daniel, yes. Daniel Garrett's here. He went 3 1 France. Ollie? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, look, I think, um, I think there'll be just too many goals in this game for it to be decided on you know, a close affair going to a penalties or, or anything like that. So I think this game will be wrapped up in 90 minutes, and I'm going to go 3-1 France. Jeez, oh, okay. 3-1 France. Mm. Okay, well, I have to agree with Daniel. I'll have to go... I'm going to go again. I don't Are know. Are you going to 3-1 France? No, I'm going to... This bloke. This bloke. I'm going to go, actually, you know what? And I've said it before because one thing that's annoyed me about France is they've been goddamn lucky this tournament. They've had so many things, you know, fall their way, VARs and everything else. So I'm going to go 3-2 Belgium. With oh. with uh, as the Italians like to call it, va va being involved. Yeah. Well, three one. Yeah, so. Let me just say, three one France, twenty one dollars in sports bet. It's good value right. there. Thanks, Steph. Um, again, loves it. Um, well, look <laughs> to finish up. To finish off, um, Daniel, we won't let you go just yet because I know Oli Oli has a not just yet, my friend. As we, not as just do, yet. As we do at the end of our every end of show, at the end of every show. Uh-huh. Sorry. Uh, we like to run a short little quiz. Oh yes. So um, let's go. For so it. you are. Our first, actually, our first special guest on, it, as we like to call it, the uh, the World Cup quiz that has a. So I was say, the is, World, this, is this the first quiz? Yeah, no. Well, it's, you're the first guest. You're the first guest. Okay, cool. you're our first guest uh, with the quiz. No, right, quest so ourselves. I can't lose or win. I'm no, sorry. exactly. Well, hang on. No, no, no. We had um. No, no. Steve. Yeah. We had Ugarkovic. Oh, yeah, but he wasn't quizzed. Have, sorry, second. But no, we did quiz. No, we didn't. We, we, we did just have, asked him. Oh, we just asked him questions. So you can set the standard. You can set the standard for us. We thought we quizzed our Steven Ugarkovic from Newcastle Jets. So Ollie, without further ado. You can uh, wel- welcome Daniel to the uh, to our football quiz. 
Daniel, uh, welcome to the to the hot seat, mate. Um, you've got the lucky privilege of, of answering. We've got eight questions here. Um, they're all straightforward answers, no multiple choice. Um, so I guess, okay. look, welcome to the World Cup football quiz that has no name, but it is a football quiz nonetheless. So, Daniel, <laughs> you you are you ready? That's good. <laughs> I, I am ready. I am. Good, to, good to know. Well, uh, we'll kick it off with our question one, believe it or not. And it's, it is, um, look... How many goals were scored via headers in the quarterfinals? How many goals scored by headers? Uh, I'll give you a hint. It's under 10. Well, okay. Yeah. That's a good (laughs) one. Big clue. (laughs) Yeah, massive. There was only four games on there. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, headers in the quarterfinals. Can I I ask questions around this? Yeah. You you can, but you're not going to get many answers back. (laughs) <laughs> I was going to say Fernandinho's Does these count as a header? Yes Yes So that counts as a header? Yep So this quiz has already got holes in it No we'll just company flipped it on <laughs> Company flipped it on You'll come to learn That the quizzes in the, uh, on the bench Aren't really that they're, um, they're, they're like cheese Or a sieve Put it this way mate Everyone's a winner So Don't get discouraged Alright that's cool um, I'm going to go with uh, Okay so yeah Maguire's was a header. Deli Ali's was a header. Um, ah, man. I'm trying to think of the games now. Renato Augusto was a header. There's three. Fernandinho's was a header, as you're saying. There's four. There's no extra points for, for, for naming the players that he- headed the goals in. We just want to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, the Russian guy scored a header as well. That's five. And the Croatian scored a header an extra time. That's six already. Yeah, I'm going to with six. You're very close. The answer's eight. I couldn't tell you who the oh. other two are off the top of my head. Eight, eight. goals. Yeah, yeah so they're, they're they're through, through, I was running through them. So we had the first game was yeah. France-Uruguay. Yeah. Varane. So, oh, Varane. 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 Of course. So Varane scored. Yeah. And then uh, the second goal was the mistake. Then... Yeah, there was there was eight. I know I counted yeah. it properly. Far uh, out. So I won one. Good start. That was oh, that was mate. a good effort though. That was a tough one. That was a yeah, tough I was one. a thinker. I was a thinker. Yeah, yeah. I was a stinker. <laughs> okay. All right. Question number Let's two. Kylian Mbappe is French. How many goals has he scored this World Cup? Three. <laughs> Phew, that was quick. Is that your final answer? Yeah. You don't three. want to think about it. No, no, three, three. Three is correct, my friend. <laughs> One from two. Yeah, cool. Just, cool. Just, just a reminder, Kylian Mbappe is French. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm not sure why that was yeah. there. Yeah, it's kind of like, I've got two apples. I've got two apples. If I take away one, how many do I have? <laughs> two apples. <laughs> hang on. Steph's not good at math. No, no, no. Hold on. Wrong math. <laughs> Seven. <laughs> All right. No. Question number three, boys. Question number three. <laughs> Daniel, can you tell me which cities the two semi-final games will be played in? No. I'll give you a hint. <laughs> They're in Russia. <laughs> yeah, cool. Is it Rostan Don? Is it one of them? Uh, Solomon Rondon, I like the corner. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, um, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll go with Kazan and uh, Rostan Don. I can confirm. Rostov Don, I think it's called. The answers are Moscow and St. Petersburg. Yep. Okay, there we go. Cool. Score update, and please, Espo. One from three. He's, he's one from three. One from three. Yeah. 
Daniel, question four. Which England defender has scored the most amount of goals this World Cup? Oh, Stones. That is correct. Extra point for how many? Extra point for how many? Extra point for how many? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with two. I think Maguire's got one. Oi. Well Bravo. He scored himself an extra point. Well done. Impressive. Well, we this, might... this is what happens when you ask real questions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we might cut it to five. So let's go. Let's go. At, it, we'll give him five quick ones, even though it's taken fifteen minutes. Well, how many questions are there? It was eight. No, no, no. Yeah, we're, we're halfway. Eight. Okay, oh, we'll run through. We'll pump through. We'll pump, pump through. Yeah, okay, do it. Do it. Get him. Let's get him out. All yeah. right, let's go. Who assisted Brazil's only goal against Belgium? Who assisted Brazil's only goal? Coutinho. You said he gave the ball to Renato. I did. Yeah. Very. He switched on. Mm, mm. All right. One of my favourite players, though, Coutinho. So oh. I've seen it. Question number six. Who scored it? <laughs> oh, we just said. Renato Augusto. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <He's, laughs> this guy knows the questions before oh. I even asked them. All right, question oh. number seven. Who made more saves this World Cup? Was it Ochoa or Kasper Schmeichel? Kasper Schmeichel. The answer is... That's incorrect. Ochoa. Wow. With 25. 25. I think it was 25 to 21. Wow. So... Okay. okay, very close. And the final question, number eight. Espo, do you have a score update? You are. With, with the bonus question, you're five out of seven so far. Mm. <laughs> decent. Yeah, it's like decent. Cool. To make it six out of eight. Who scored Brazil's own goal against Belgium? Fernandinho <laughs> or Thiago Silva? <laughs> <laughs> He's already read them out. The reasons why, the reasons why I asked the boys these Let's questions. Let's say that it was collectively a joint effort between the duck of Thiago Silva and then Fernandinho back <laughs> that turned it in past Allison. Cool. That is correct, Lovely. my friend. So what that um, he did no, well. That was so that what that's really out six out of eight. That's actually not bad. I think it's better than very, you've done very than well. Any of us have ever done. Uh, well, you killed me with so. this, mate. This is this is a football quiz, and you asked me something about geography. Where are these <laughs> places in Russia? <laughs> well, I don't know anything about that. Don't worry, next, time, next time you're on, you'll get, you'll get questions about how many seats are in a stadium. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, they asked me that one. That uh, was that, tier one level questions. <laughs> they asked me, and they, they asked me once how many seats are in the cop. <laughs> oh, serious? You should know. Yeah, Listen to how dirty like still is. It, hey, it was multiple choice, mate. <laughs> like, it was multiple so choice. Yeah. I was going to say, you have the liver like, on your like, bicep. Like you should know. It's like three months ago. I still feel about it. Oh. Well, look, um, boys, that sums up the show. That wraps up our show, our semi-final preview. I think mm. we should definitely say a big thank you to Daniel uh, for coming on and being uh, so happy and very, you know, you were very happy to do it and very happy yeah, to come on with us. Give us a plug, Daniel. Where can we find you? Give us a plug. Yeah, where can we find it, Daniel? You can find me at, at D10Football, at D10 and the word football. And you'll find me anywhere, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Google, home address. Lovely. Just block <laughs> Steph because he'll start messing you. Will he? Yeah, yeah. he's going to on the DM. Yeah. Hey, hey, Daniel, just quickly, look, yeah, I just want to say a thanks from all of us. So yeah. I guess it's really cool. You know, our podcast is built and look, we're just a bunch of you know, Aussie boys who love football and, you know, it's, it's good to get guys like you on and who, who share our same love for the game and, and listen to the way that you interpret your football and, and, you know, to hear your passion, you know, it, it resonates with us. So, look, thank you so much for coming on. It's, it's really what we're about here and, and thank you for helping us spread yeah. our message. So um, it, it's really no, cool to have um, you on. Thank you very much. You're very, very welcome. And um, I said um, 
I said earlier we were talking with, uh, about you know social media and how it works and getting the message out there. And sometimes you know all it can take is is one share or one comment, and um, and all of a sudden you get like twenty thousand views, and then it just builds from there, and people start following you. Because um, I reached out to your page before, and I said that I you know I liked what you guys were doing. I liked what you were talking about that you were doing these um, like one minute almost like just quick analysis of what was happening in the World Cup and I'm sure you guys are going to continue it through the EPL so at the end of the day I know what it's like to to have passion for something and um, and want to try and create a, uh, a job or a career around that and if I can help people to do uh, that themselves in their you know in whatever it is their own nation especially with football I find it easy and I, I love it I enjoy it I'm a fan myself um, then you know I'm, I'm very happy to um, to accommodate Beautiful. Thank you very much, mate. Thank you very much. Well, all, um, to all our listeners and followers, so be sure. I'm probably, you're probably already following uh, Daniel. His, uh, his page is his page is fantastic. He's got some great he's got some great stuff there. So um, please, I'll make sure you do follow his page. That's for sure. Well, um, yeah. To all our listeners, that will that, this wraps up our show. If you have any questions, any thoughts, especially into these games, they're only you know just over a tick over 24 hours away. The first game, so mm-hmm. um, we'll be dropping a few. Uh, uh, sorry, posts and and whatnot about tonight. So uh, yeah, please be sure to give us uh, give us your thoughts. And um, with that, we will say good night and farewell. And we will see you later on the week for our World Cup final preview show. So uh, until then, from all of us here on the bench and Daniel, uh, I would like to say thank you very much and good night. Thank you. Thank you. See you, boys.